Hey, this is Nate with Purity for Life. Welcome back to our new mini-series, Refined as Silver. In this series, we're talking to women whose marriages were a fiery trial. This week, you'll hear from Jenny. My counselor had said, hey, can you embrace what you're going through? And I said, I'll be honest, I said I thought that I was doing really good because I'm not bitter and angry and turning my back on God, but I don't know that I can embrace this. After Jenny's husband had a real breakthrough at Pure Life Ministries, they worked toward rebuilding their marriage. For Jenny, one of the main issues was being willing to trust again. I can trust that I don't have to watch constantly. He was able to bring me to that place where I trusted that the Lord really had him and that I could rest. I could rest in that. For Jenny, trusting Delbert meant being vulnerable And that wasn't easy for her. It took years. But as she was being refined, something beautiful was taking place in the marriage and in her own life. All of that is coming up on Purity for Life. Before we get into our interview with Jenny, I want to give you a brief recap. We're calling this mini-series Refined as Silver because one of the main ways that God purifies our hearts is through trials. And one of the worst trials imaginable for a woman is when her husband is unfaithful to her. And so this means that even though God hates the horrible consequences of sexual sin, He will lovingly use those consequences to bring a purifying fire into the lives of his beloved daughters. And I know that many wives who have come to us for help have been able to testify that this tragedy of an unfaithful husband, which is the worst thing they thought that could ever happen, eventually became to them a precious treasure. So that's the backdrop. Let's get into the conversation with Jenny. Jenny, thanks so much for being willing to join us here on Purity for Life. You're welcome. When we talked to you prior to this interview, you described your younger self as disconnected, isolated, headed the wrong way. Um, But then you said through a miracle you ended up in church. Can you describe that situation? Yeah, I think at that point I was from a broken home and in between both parents um, living here and then there. And I felt like I lived in isolation, but I was getting at that point 13, 14, and I recognized that disconnect. So Mm -hmm. I functioned but knew inside and I wasn't connected relationally and that even though Um, My parents both loved me. I was surrounded around a lot of addictive behaviors and just uh, the environment I lived in was leading me towards looking towards other things to try to find some kind of connection. But in the middle of that, um, I met two sisters, we're actually twins, and I think for the first time I felt like I could somehow connect and relate. And uh, they were two years older than me. They absolutely knew nothing about church. And one evening as teenagers, I was 15, we're hanging out on a Thursday night and just bored, and they said, listen, 
my aunt goes to church. Let's go there tonight. And it was just crazy reasoning. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, just because there's nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. So we go and we show up in this little church, very much different than the church I had known. Uh, The presence of the Lord was there. And these people loved the Lord. They loved what they were doing. And we slipped in the back. And um, I felt the presence of the Lord. But then the, the two that were with me, by the end of that night, they had went up and got saved. And I was like, ah, this wasn't part of the deal, you know, I, <laughs> but I couldn't quit going. I wasn't sure about everything. I went home and like, okay, let's get a Bible and read, you know. But within a couple of weeks, I had went up as backward and disconnected, uh-huh. and I went up and got saved. And even though my life would take a lot of work uh-huh. um, to the place of really knowing Jesus in maybe the way I do today, I know the Lord saved me, and He kept me. I never since 15 years old, never quit going to church, never wow, quit uh-huh. at least looking to him. Okay. And so then it was in that church mm-hmm. that you met Delbert? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so you you mentioned that there was some common ground between the two of you because yeah. you'd had a troubled past and he had had a troubled past. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of baggage there. Yeah. Um, what were the early days of your relationship like? Both of us had that big disconnect relationally. And okay. so I, so then you can imagine how our relationship was. It wasn't bad by our standards. We didn't really know anything different. Right. And I think we grew, we were in the youth group together and it was a really tight knit youth group. And then as some of the years went past, our friendship grew and I think it probably evolved out of that. But we go into it and, um, just really like, let's do this, even though neither one of us really knew what connection or relationship like that was. And so we just began to do married life and had had the two kids and, you know, stayed involved in church. But looking now, knowing what we know now, there was this deep disconnect there. Okay. Yeah. So in, in one sense, probably it sounds like at that time you would have said, we have a good relationship mm-hmm. because it was much better than mm-hmm. so many of the relationships you had known in the past. Right. And yet there was just something wrong. Yeah. And it would just, it would take some years into our marriage before we'd begin to see some of the telltale signs of like, okay, maybe this isn't exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. So then you said in 2001, that's when things started to fall apart. And Delbert wanted to be done with the marriage. He wanted to be done with church. So there's a lot going on there for somebody to want to make such a drastic decision. What was happening with him? And and because at that point, we were, you know, leaders in the church. He worked in the music. I taught. But after church one day, it just like come to, you know, come to a head. Now, realizing now, like it had been all of this building up for Mm -hmm. him. But since that he was a young man, he had struggled with homosexuality and thinking that when he got saved, he got saved in that same church, that that would cure it. Yeah, go away. And um, got prayed for, you know, done all the things, kept thinking and then getting married, thinking that'll take care of mm-hmm. it. And just after years of like, this isn't taken care of and never sharing it with anybody. I, I had no clue. And then actually, it would be a while after that he left and made that statement that I'd ever figure out what it was that he struggled with. But ultimately, it was that. And he couldn't find what he he thought the Lord would have 
cured him by now right. and the discouragement and the I think the wearing down of that and he just he fell into places where it just it made it easy and that sin was just right there in opportunities and it just became the overruling instead of that underneath I know this is wrong it just began to kind of rule his life okay and then he was done he felt like you know, the Lord and in some ways betrayed him because he didn't want to be this way. Mm. Well, and that's some of that disconnect that you were mm-hmm. talking about. He's got this huge area of his life mm-hmm. that he can't be honest with you about. So he's he's bearing this burden all alone. Right. And yeah, eventually that living like that is just, it's miserable. Yeah, that's right. Um, did you have any inkling that Something this of this magnitude, yeah, (laughs) yeah, was was under the surface. No, I don't think so. Looking back, I could see where probably a couple months leading up to it, I could see a real drawing away. Prior to that, I mean, we just we did things together just because most of our life was early on. I didn't work, so most of our life just entailed both of us together, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I could see some months of it. You know, but not a lot and nothing, nothing that would have indicated, oh, no, he's getting ready to, you know, yeah. go crazy or whatever. Right. So it was it was a shock. And I felt like, OK, maybe we get through this, you know, initially and then just realized that like he was serious about it. I've heard women describe betrayal and the kind of pain that comes along with betrayal, just this really gut-level searing pain um, that leaves a lot of women debilitated for for days, weeks, and months. Was it, was it like that for you, or what, what happened when you finally found out what was going on? I think it was like a two-phase thing. Initially, like I said, he couldn't really tell me, like, like I'm struggling with homosexuality. Mm-hmm. But he did go. He did leave our home. He did go do his own thing. And he was honest with me about that, almost in the place of, like, let me go. You know? Oh, wow. And, um, so he just wanted out, and, but you didn't know why. I didn't know why, no. And, and he just couldn't at that point. And, you know, this is how many years ago. Yeah. And uh, – in the church, you just didn't talk about that. You, you nobody had that problem in yeah, the church, yeah, yeah. you know, and so he just couldn't share that. And, so what was that like? Um, it was that was really hard because he couldn't really say. You know, we laugh because he said, "Don't take it personal," and I told him I wanted to, you know, physically harm him. At that point. <laughs> yeah, right. And and yeah. he and his in his mind, he's trying to say, "Listen, this it's isn't not you. about you," right. And, but I can't tell you what it is. So he's trying to help me. But in my mind, what do you mean? Don't take it personal. Like this is everything about me. And so that was the, the unknowing part was really, really difficult. And the fact that I could see, he's like, just let me go. Um, Me wanted to like, okay, I'm done. Let's just move on. Yeah. But I kept hearing the Lord and in the fact that I could hear him, I know is his grace. I wasn't good enough to have made these choices. Mm. But I kept hearing him say in those same portions of scripture, but it was for the hardness of their heart that I ever gave the bill of divorcement. And I kept hearing the Lord say, Jenny, I I just want to do something in this. I want the, if I can say, higher purpose in this. Mm -hmm. And it was enough to keep me. There were days, you know, that I didn't feel like I could be kept in this, you know. Mm -hmm. 
but it was the overruling that was like, just stay, just just wait, just yeah. wait. And so, yeah. so you, so you had been kind of turning to the Bible as your like, I'm gonna find you know my way out of this. I'm gonna find where God says you can leave if you want to, but instead, you were just hearing, I want you to stay. Yeah. I, I share when I share about our stories, I said it's those times when you're looking for God to to send you the verse you know's then there and instead he sends you another verse and you're mm. like, ah, you know, and mm-hmm. but for me, and again, I just I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but I know it was the mercy of the Lord because in myself, I would have took the less painful way mm. in the immediate. Yeah, yeah. And so I know that it was the Lord's help to give me hope, mm-hmm. you know, beyond where we were at. So eventually, Delbert ended up at the residential program, and you went through the wives program. Mm-hmm. Could you just kind of give like the sixty-second version of what God did in you mm-hmm. while you were in the program? Yeah, I I had been by that point many years in the church, and it had been changed. And no, I changed, but I don't think I realized that I had probably adapted more to the church mm. than the Bible, and. As I was going through probably one pointed time was I was going through the counseling and of course we would listen to the OCA CD series. And I can remember on my way to work and Delbert was still in the program at the time and um, just trying to make the best use of time because you're in that crazy place. <laughs> yeah. On my way to work, I had listened to the uh, message, Living Your Life in Cosmos. And I'd listened to it on my way to work, and in my mind, I got to work, and I shut my van off, and I was like, that is crazy. And literally, that's what I thought, and I went into work. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, like this message is just— Yeah, it's just crazy. And I come back out after work, and I was like, that wasn't really smart. I didn't get the answers to my questions. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got to write answers down here to turn my homework in. And so I get in the van and head home and turn the same sermon back on to get the answers. And I can remember pulling in my driveway in front of the house and realizing that that was biblical and that I had just been living what— I felt like the church in America had taught me and that what I really heard was really right out of the Bible. And I think it was then Mm. that the Lord caused the Bible to become more relevant to me and for me not to try to adapt the Bible to me, but begin to adapt my living to the Bible, just even on like things about suffering in my mind, suffering was a something I just had to get through so that I could live this comfortable life. Jesus said, given us and 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 just so mm. just beginning to realize all those truths that's i think one of the biggest things he did for me okay yeah wow so that's i mean that's a huge shift right it is. from being where you are kind of in charge of your own life and the mm-hmm. bible and god's word is subservient to you mm-hmm. to this place of okay i'm going to let the authority of God's word begin to dictate to me how to yes. live my life. That's a huge shift, and that changes everything. It does. It Over time, does. of course. It does. It changes everything. Yeah. Um, what was it about Delbert when he came out of the program that helped you see, wow, this is a different man? I'll tell you the big thing, I think, was that I realized – after he had finally been able to share about his struggle, 
he had always presented as like, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. Mm. It's, you know, mm. like it just has to be, there's nothing. But what I saw coming out was like, there's victory in the Lord and that willingness to live that victorious life, whatever it meant to live, like putting self to death. And I can remember even talking to him in the program and asking, like, well, are you guys talking about this sexual sin? Are you? And he'd said, oh, we're talking about selfishness and we're talking about idolatry. And to watch him kind of get a hold of that and be like, this is learning to live a life that is dead to myself mm. and alive to Christ. And so then I saw the change of like, no, I don't have to live to myself. I don't have to give in to the desires. You know, I can follow the Lord. I can have his life living in me. And I think that was one of the biggest things. And then the other was just the small things. Okay. And, I, and I can relate real quick that my counselor had said, hey, early on, can you embrace what you're going through? And I had really asked the Lord to help me to be honest and not because you've been in church, you know the answers. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll be honest. I said, I thought that I was doing really good because I'm not bitter and angry and turning my back on God, but I don't know that I can embrace this. And she said, that's that's a true statement from your heart, right? And so she didn't pound on it. I completed my, my part of the program, and I can remember emailing her not too long after that and say, just as the culmination of a lot of little blessings, little kindnesses, saying, I can embrace what he did. I can see now why God allowed, you know, what he did, so much so that one of, at one of the conferences after that, after he completed, I was with one of the other wives from another state. Mm -hmm. Our husbands just went together, and we were talking and, and just sharing, and I said after one of the sessions, I said, you know, I believe that this wasn't something that accidentally happened, that God chose us to allow us to go through this because of the message that we can carry and the change that we can be. Man. There is so much that we could talk about. You know, I've been kind of leading you quickly through your story because I want to get to one of the big themes that I heard coming yes. out when we uh, were preparing for the interview, which is learning to trust. But man, there's just so much here that God has done. You can hear that and what an awesome thing he's done for you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. When we were preparing for this interview, you mentioned that trust is a journey. Mm -hmm. And along that journey, there were some big milestones. And even one as recently as just a couple of years ago. So it's definitely a process to reestablish trust in the relationship. But I'd like for you to talk about some of those big milestones. What was the first one for you? I think the first one was that he really was committed to us, like that there would be in us, that it wasn't, this is on a trial basis, I'm going to come back and see if it works or whatever. Yeah. And so I think that first one was like, okay, he he's in it for the long haul. Was there something about what he was doing that gave you the ability to make that trust or to reestablish that trust, or was it just something where you had to kind of go out on a limb? I think for that one, it was just watching him begin to use his testimony, which had often been my prayer, like, Lord, fix him, send him home so we <laughs> right. can push this under the rug and do life. Right. And obviously that wasn't the Lord's plan at all, but watching him come back 
and dive into to our life, but also like now, what do I do with what God's done? And see mm. and seeing Him begin to use the testimony that the Lord had done, what He'd done in Him, and so I I think seeing that made me like He's He's committed. This is what's happened. This is where He's been, but this is where we're headed. Yeah, and just as you're talking, that also shows me what a big change had happened in him because earlier you said he's he, he wouldn't tell anyone about it not even That's the person right. who's closest to him. That's right. So now for this man to basically say I'm going to take like one of the most shameful parts of my life and I'm just going to let God use it for whatever he wants to. That's that's a transformation. Right. That's right. Wow. Um what was the next milestone for you? Actually, I think the next one was to really be able to trust he wasn't going to go out and do anything crazy again, Hmm. that he was living a a life of just accountability and staying in this and that I wasn't constantly having to think and wonder and be paranoid. Uh And, And I can remember that, you know, I think that it was that place of recognizing the work that the Lord had completed in him. Mm hmm. And then recognizing that this really was the Lord's work, Mm. you know, and I think that allowed me to begin to trust like I can trust that I don't have to watch constantly. You know, it's not a not wisdom thing. It's when for wives, they're that paranoid state, Yeah, you know. Before he came to Pure Life, like my stomach's in knots all the time because I'm seeing this email or that email or, you know what I mean? Yeah, and what's and he it doing? just keeps you in this state of, and I think coming home, seeing that commitment, seeing that change, and recognizing the Lord's hand in all of it, he was able to bring me to that place where I trusted that the Lord really had him and that I could rest. I could rest in that. So for you, it was more that you recognized that God was watching your husband. You didn't have to. Right. And that is a choice on your part. part, yeah. You know, because at some level, there's no amount of time that can pass where you can be absolutely sure he'll never do this again. That's right. And so at some level, it just, it's like, you got to leap off that ledge and... Sounds like that your relationship had continued to really grow with the Lord because mm-hmm. your trust you're putting your trust in the Lord. Right. Not so much in Delbert. Right. But that would that would in turn change things. Because when he was able to recognize that I wasn't constantly watching per se, that mm. I wasn't constantly looking for something or asking, you know, questions all the time. And again, my perspective and my prayer was that the Lord will expose okay, and will help with that. But I was able to give up that watchdog mentality. Right. And uh, I think that resulted in some change in him too. Where he didn't feel like he had to be constantly on edge, mm-hmm. you know, so that he didn't accidentally provide you with some kind of evidence yeah. that... <laughs> right. And so I think it allowed peace and freedom in me, but I think it produced some peace. Uh huh. In him too, which then impacted our relationship. Let's talk about the most recent milestone, which yeah, you you said was just a couple of years ago, which was ten years after yeah. Delbert went through the program. Uh, what happened there? Right, and and I've worked to try to put words to it. It's been, it's it's fresh enough that it's been difficult for me to put really good words to it. But I was going through a Bible study. Um, 
And through some of that, through different circumstances, in just in our family dynamic, um, at the beginning of 2020, the Lord just began to show me some of my, I want to say inside hardness, because like I knew the right things to do. I was saying the right things. I was doing the right things in regards to respect and love, you know, and being the wife and things like that. But man, he he began to take some layers off and begin to show some thought processes. And and so the Lord began simply by pointing some things out in my life. And um, when I recognized it, he was very clear. The Lord was very clear. And so I was able to see it. And so I repented to the Lord, and I think this was what initially drew me to this point of seeing the deeper thing here. And uh, so I repented to the Lord. I was like, wow, that's right. I'm not. I need to change my thinking. It needs to be from a heart and an attitude, and so I'm going to do better. And knowing in the back of my mind what was back there, but I was in this Bible study, and I flipped open the page, and it said, silence isn't always golden. And I knew, and and it went on to talk about, but I knew the Lord was saying, you need to repent to him. You Mm. need to. And I realized like I had to work up to coming to him in that kind of a, because it felt very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it was through that process. It would go on some months as he began to show one thing after another. But that was the initial thing that showed me like, I've kept a wall. I've kept that. I'm going to love him. I'm I'm committed. I'm going to live in this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But I've reserved to keep a guard around my heart mm. and not be as vulnerable as I believe the Lord was asking me to be, mm. you know, which is part of the pride too. And it was the pride that was like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to reserve the right to, to keep myself guarded. Mm. And so I would go to him and and just repent and realize how hard that was. And so then the Lord just began because he began little by little for me to begin to share with him some honest feelings a little bit here and a little bit there. And as difficult as it was, I realized there was an issue. And so as the months went on, the Lord revealed to me that I had just kept a wall of protection around my heart. We're like, I'm going to love you, but I'm not going to just open myself up and need you again. Mm. And so it's been it's been a year and a half of just walking through what does that look like and learning to be honest with him in regards to it. Can you maybe give like I, I know that this is really private so <laughs> I hesitate to ask you to do something like this but could you give like one example of a kind of a thought that to you feels really vulnerable that would be hard to share with Delbert? Well, I think for me, it was like, I was the tough one through all this. Like I stayed, I Mm. stuck it out. I was spiritual enough to do this. And really now looking back, I realized there was an underlying pride about it, even Mm. though the Lord was working in us and with us. So I never displayed to him any weakness. So I never shared like when my kids were going through transition, like this is really hurting me. Mm. And so it was, it was as, I don't know whether you want to say minor or sublime is like, Delbert, I'm struggling. This is really hurting because Mm. this transition or this is happening with the kids or, and maybe one of a better example is when he would hurt my feelings. Again, because I didn't want to ever be where I needed him, you didn't want, yeah. I would either harden up and just pretend like, or I would just let the anger just, and it would just shut both of us down because we shouldn't be angry, we shouldn't fight. So right, it would just right. warm up. And so learning to be able to say, that hurt my feelings. Mm. 
because I knew if I said that, then I was going to have to explain why. And it goes <laughs> right. into this deeper. Yeah. And so that might be one of the better examples okay. of just letting it down and saying, like, I do need you. And uh, yeah. I do, you know, want you to love me and care for me and know me. Wow. Type thing. Okay. And I, I didn't realize that I hadn't, I really hadn't realized up until this point that I had not surrendered that part again. Mm. It sounds like you probably learned really early on in your life that it's not safe to let people in. Yes. And so, yeah, I just see how the Lord worked with you over time. This is, you know, 30, yeah. 30 or longer years mm -hmm. where the Lord is just working with you, loving you and restoring you to that place of of vulnerability, which yeah, is just a beautiful place when when there is a relationship of trust there. Yes, absolutely. And I think he'd begin to show me that with some other some close people in my in my family and, and those around me. And yet I hadn't recognized that I hadn't allowed him back into that as he was showing me. But you're right. Um, it's been 35 years since the Lord saved me, and his patience just is more than I can understand. It really is his mercy endures forever. Mm. And uh, something that I'm sure I should have gotten earlier, but he's just very patient. And so that that's beginning that process has caused this last couple years, you know, just to be a new walk even. And it's a new navigation for me in Delbert because he had gotten used to you know, again, like I was just, I'm tough and this is right. just what you do. And, you know, and, and he learned to care for me in, in that manner. Right. And so then the Lord begins to help me with this and I begin to try to follow through with it and it's learning to care for me different. And it, it, so it's, we're mm. now in that other, another growing season, hmm. you know. Just one thing that popped into my mind as we wrap this up, what is the thing that you admire the most about Delbert? Um, I think his his faith and willingness to just take what I think is leaps. Like he believes like the Lord is with us. And so let's let's go. So I think that's one of those qualities. And then his ability to love people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. His ability to love people. I'm probably more timid. And he loves to know people and like he just, and so that gives him a greater ability to just go out and, and love people. That's awesome. Yeah. This has been a real joy and I trust that it's going to really minister to women who can relate with your story. So I definitely appreciate the time that you took with us. Well, I, I was thankful for the invitation and thankful for what the Lord done and hope that it helps some other women like there's hope and there's victory and, and the Lord and the Lord, right, is there. And regardless of what happens, he never leaves us. And I think nothing is wasted with the Lord. Nothing is wasted. Hey, thanks for joining us again on Purity for Life. If you just recently found out about Pure Life Ministries, we're really glad you're here. One of the resources that we have for wives is called Sacred Things, it's a series of videos with Kathy Gallagher where she talks about the most vital and precious truths that the Lord made real to her as she was struggling with the unfaithfulness of her husband. If you're interested, just go to our YouTube page or you can download our smartphone app. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. 
Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.